The Two Dudes in a Pod podcast is brought to you by the Christian Pig Network. Visit christianpig.com slash podcast slash the number two dudes. Christian Pig Network is all about perspectives and a glance. To learn more, you can visit christianpig.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to our first new episode. That's right. We just took a break and we're starting over, starting fresh. Welcome to our first new episode of Two Dudes in a Pod podcast. My name is Tyler and I am the first dude. And my name is Justin and I am the second dude, also younger brother to Tyler. Um, And we are, like you said, we're basically going to try to start this thing over. We we missed a week and that's perfectly okay. We're, We're trying to figure everything out. Um, but we decided that this new format is going to be uh, pretty much just all interviews because I think we definitely thrive better with a third person to talk to. And if we were to get a third co-host, we'd have to change our entire name. So, <laughs> Absolutely. So what we're going to do on this new show is basically we're going to interview young adults and people who have been through young adulthood, whether male or female or obviously anyone. And we're going to get their perspective on life because we're two brothers who have something, uh, something very uncommon, and that is that we both have open minds to everything that's going on in life and we want to learn more we want to know life and other people's perspectives right and uh, basically we have no clue what we're talking about and that's why we're interviewing people so we can figure things out absolutely it's all about education and learning about how we can make it through life as young adults we have foundational ideals and things that we grew up with like christianity and uh, conservatism and things like that that we are building off of Uh, but we also want to hear from other sides which is why we tend to pick people to interview that are completely opposite from what we believe and what we know so that we can learn about these type of things right right uh, and I don't know, but uh, today is going to be a bit of a cool episode. It's going to be kind of more passionate, uh, I guess. And sure, uh, we're we're definitely it's it, it's a. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's a very political episode. So if you are not a fan of politics, you may want to put your phones down or run away. Um, <laughs> Might as well just turn it off right r- now. Right, exactly. Because or, to get this new series going, this new format going, we're going to hit it with a bang. That's gonna, right. We're talking about politics. And this is definitely going to be a uh, one of the many situations where we're going to be talking to somebody who is definitely going to be a lot smarter than at least me, you know, because I'm not when it comes to this uh, situation, I'm not a very political person, but I do have opinions and I do have viewpoints that I have definitely changed within the past like six months, you know. Sure. So talking to this guy, uh, his name is Omar Flores. Uh, he is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll read his bio later, but he's basically a guy that I've I've seen at uh, local hardcore shows and a lot of local shows and stuff. He's always been really cool, and um, he's a very very political person. Done a lot of activism, done a lot of protests and stuff like that. So uh, I'm super excited to talk to him. I've been he was definitely one of the people that came up in my mind when uh, I was looking for guests. So I messaged him and he said yes right away. And so we're setting this up and I'm, I'm ready to go, uh, once he is. 
Excellent. Well, I'm super excited to talk to him and uh, open up our minds a little bit and get a different perspective on the issues at hand and how young adults like us should respond to them. So welcome to the new format of Two Dudes in a Pod. We are super excited you're here. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, you can check us out in the show notes. We have our full bio in there and uh, we're excited for the future of this podcast. All right, so today we're talking to Omar Flores. Uh, he is a student at MOSE, or MSOE, sorry, working towards a degree in MIS. Uh, he's fairly new to political activism and anything really surrounding that. Uh, he supports local organizations such as the Coalition for Justice and YDS, which is Young Democratic Socialists of America. Uh, he has organized some protests in the past and he plans to do more. Um, he's also a rugby player and a pretty big car enthusiast so omar i one question i actually have is what does uh, mis stand for oh mis uh, mis is management information systems it's actually a, a little bit out of character um it's mainly related to it and business so it's just sort of like the two things combined into one degree okay i uh yeah i don't know anything about that but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, like, I think uh, what I was telling Tyler earlier was uh, when I, I was thinking of guests to bring on our podcast, because we're, we're fairly new. We've had a few episodes, but uh, we're thinking of guests to bring on. You were one of the first people that came up because uh, I, I, I like seeing your uh, very political posts on Facebook. And, I, you know, I've seen you at shows and I don't know if we've ever officially talked, but, you know, I was definitely like, this is somebody we got to get on, especially since Tyler and I both. Um, just to give you a bit of a background on us is we grew up in a very uh, conservative Christian household and we've both kind of walked away from that. I mean, Tyler's still figuring things out, but like, and I, I still am too, but like, uh, you know, I'm still a Christian, Tyler's still a Christian, but uh, I definitely have walked away from the conservative values just because of everything that's been going on and um, stuff like that. So I just been wanting to like kind of learn more and especially since I'm not much of a political person myself, but I love to learn about things. So I was like, yeah, we got to get Omar on like now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really well, it's good to hear that. Uh, some people actually want to hear it. I, you know, I don't hear that too often. Normally I have people um, kind of going off on me about right. it. So well, this is nice. <laughs> no, no one, no one ever wants to hear someone else's opinion anymore, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoy listening to other people. So yeah, right on, man. Well, it's really cool to hear from you, and we've actually never officially met, but it's good to talk to you on here. And uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add, I mean, other than the bio? I mean, how did you get into uh, where you're at uh, today? Oh, man, uh, I, I wish I had a really good answer for that, but um, I, it started back like a little over a year ago in the summer when um, Mike Brown was shot in uh, Ferguson, and um Operation Anonymous was posting like this um, call to action, and I really don't know what came over me. I'm I was always a little bit into politics, and it wasn't really that big of a priority to me. But uh, something just kind of came over me. It was like an on and off switch, and I just felt like I needed to do something. So um, I gathered a bunch of people. We went downtown. We protested. Um, you know what was happening in Ferguson because um, people's First Amendment uh, rights were being kind of just trampled over and not to mention that a unarmed kid was shot down and this kind of thing happens all the time but for some reason this really just struck a chord with me i mean what i was seeing on the news was practically like dystopian so um 
it just kind of took off from there. And then I took a massive interest into it. And after that, I started learning a lot more about it and um, just worked at it. That's so cool. were, were you, you weren't, uh, you weren't like raised, you, you said you, you kind of just recently got into politics and stuff. You weren't like, what, like how was your, your uh, home life coming like within uh, the political system? Like, were you raised to just not really care or like a conservative household or like what was going on with that? I would say that um, my parents were just sort of um, center. I mean, they didn't really have any very strong opinions, but they weren't exactly uninvolved either. Um, for the longest time, like my dad refused to vote. And I don't know why. I mean, to this day, I still don't know why he's like that. Uh, my mom always kind of voted left. I mean, not really with a strong position on it, but just because she leaned a little bit more that way. Um, I would say like most of my introduction to politics was when I was very young, like around like the fifth and sixth grade. I listened to a lot of, a lot of um, System of a Down. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they, they, I mean, on, their man. topics... Yeah, yeah. I mean, new metal was really like sort of a, a gateway <laughs> into uh, heavier music, but everything they talked about, I mean, even when I was younger, like I was obsessed with like the idea that, you know, the war we were in, it was right. just, it's completely unjust. So um, that was sort of like a step into it. And at the time, it was more so of like an angsty, like, ooh, I have a different opinion kind of thing. Right. But Punk rock. It's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, now it's obviously a lot more different. Right. So, uh, that, that's mainly where my foundation came from was from music. Well, dude, I mean, I, I completely understand that. I mean, like I said, Tyler and I both, you know, grew up very, very conservative Christian and stuff like that. And that's just that, that's just how I was. Like, I, I mean, you know, I just was I considered myself to be originally, you know, not anymore, but I used to be like, yeah, vote Republican, vote right all the time, because like, that's just all I knew. That's all I was told. And uh, as of recently, like within the past year, uh, just kind of listening to finally like, you know, my brain developing and listening to other people and everything. Now it's like I don't know where I stand. I just know that I'm not really in the right anymore, like uh, as in the right leaning, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and uh, so I definitely want to hear from you and a bunch of other people and figure things out because I, I, I still don't know. You know, whether the left is even right, I, I'm kind of more, I guess you can consider it a politically agnostic <laughs> where <laughs> like I just don't 100 percent know. I just know that something's going on. And, you know, what I used to know it kind of has become a lie to me. So I'm trying to figure that out. It was all a lie. <laughs> all of it. Hey, so what was uh, so I guess my question to you, Omar, is uh, what were some of the problems that you saw with um I guess, you know, you were kind of almost making it seem like the entire government uh, system was your problem. Um, what was it? Was it a problem specifically with uh, conservatism? Was it a problem with uh, just the way things were going at the time? I know, I know you mentioned, you know, the war and kind of uh, attributed that towards, I guess that was, you know, during the Bush administration when all that kind of happened. So what was what were kind of the key things that really got you to be like, you know what, I'm going left and I'm going hard. <laughs> well, you know, I am very left-leaning, especially um, economically, but I sure. I guess I, I try to stray from the label a little bit, even though that's exactly what I am, um, because I feel like there's a lot of um, polarization right now, and I feel like because of that, there's like a lot that's lost. I mean, as a left-leaning person, I am heavily against Obamacare, for example. Um, wow. Really? I, uh, Whoa. Yeah. I, Holy. <laughs> stop the interview. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
But um, that's only because I want better health care. I want single taxpayer system. I think that Obamacare strictly focuses on helping out insurance companies. I mean, right. how sweet of a deal is it for them? I mean, like people get fined if they don't have health insurance. So now more people are forced into health insurance with these large premiums that they're never going to use, yet they're still paying every month for it. I mean, it's it just, it, it's perfect for them. So um, yeah. I think that it started out as something better and I think it evolved into something worse because of like all the arguing and how it wasn't really able to get through Congress. But um, that's just an example of like, you know, something I wouldn't agree with most Democrats on. Uh, same with gun control laws. Um, that's something that I don't agree with most liberals on. But um, as I said, I feel like there's a lot more common ground and I feel that there people can have a difference in ideology, but it's also subjective to where not one person could be right or wrong. But I feel that in between that there's a truth that people aren't really looking at because um, I feel like often um, media and whatever else um, kind of pander this uh, this polarization because, I mean, that's exactly what they want. They don't want people to look at what's actually affecting us. I mean, people strictly look at like, you know, abortion, gay rights, you know, stuff that's really easy to argue about. You don't really need to know much about right. sure. about it. But I mean, people don't want to think about things like um, stock buybacks or, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, tax evasion. That's completely legal. Right. They don't want to talk about super PACs. They don't want to talk about uh, income inequality. I mean, all of these things are exactly what play into um, what we're seeing right now. Sure. Right. So uh, let's get into a, a couple of the things that you mentioned. Um, Justin kind of gave me a little overview of some of the things that you might have wanted to uh, get into. And I heard you kind of alluding to some of those in that, um, I guess, specifically uh, economics. I mean, uh, what side do you typically lean? I know you're saying you really lean left economically. Um, yes. Why is that? Uh, it kind of started when, um, I was going to a technical college, um, over there at Gateway. I spent my first two years there. I got my associates and now I'm at, um, MSOA, but, um, there's a teacher that I had, he was an economics teacher. And, um, I was just really shocked when he said that he was left-leaning and immediately that sort of intrigued me. I'm like, how? Because most of the time you think of like fiscally responsible, you think of conservative, but, um, if you actually look at what a lot of conservatives want to do, it's not that fiscally responsible. So um, that's one of the main, I mean, that's what got me into it. And then I obviously did a lot more research on my own. And the reason why I tend to lean left is because I feel that businesses are amoral. And amorality is when the only thing that they look after is um, profit. That is their end goal. That is the only thing that they will ever care about. And as long as they're abiding by the law, that is all that matters. Right. Uh, so... I see that in corporations frequently, and I also look at income inequality, and what you have to start to think is that none of this is a coincidence. All of this is very carefully calculated, and I know that sounds some kind of crazy conspiracy shit, but um, it really isn't. Um, when you break it down into individual little pieces, you see how every little thing plays a part. So um, that's why I'm I'm left leaning because um, if you look like right after like the Reagan era of uh, politics, um, when mean, they're really you mean like our Lord and Savior Reagan, <laughs> yeah, yeah, our Lord and Savior Reagan. <laughs> I mean, people worship the guy like he's a god, and right. um, when you look at income inequality right after his administration is when it really started taking off. When you have this like lack of regulation and, you know, this technology boom, which obviously played a role, which obviously isn't his fault. But then you also have like this uh, globalization trend. So um, when cheap 
labor is offered in other countries, you start to lose a lot of jobs here that they were paying a lot more for. I mean, these union jobs, whatever else. I mean, people were able to get by without having a college education. And after the Reagan administration, you didn't see a lot of that. And that's to mention that um, there was a lot of restrictions lifted off of um, Wall Street bankers. And um, that really played into income inequality. Sure. Also. So, so you were saying, you know, jobs being, uh, you know, placed overseas and stuff like that for cheap labor. So if I understand you correctly, are, are you correlating that with uh, some of the things that were put in place by Reagan? Or are you saying just the opposite? Uh, some of the things that were put in place by Reagan. And you also see this continuing throughout the Clinton administration, too. Okay. Uh, people often look at the Clinton administration as like a time of economic prosperity. And although it was, um, I don't feel like a lot of it was attributed to him. A lot of the sure. policies that he pushed forth were actually pretty dangerous for the American people. Um, he pushed forth like a tough on crime laws, which is why some conservatives uh, loved him. I mean, that was a huge trend in the 90s, which essentially, I mean, led to like really the head of like the drug war getting to it's possibly like worst so um he also incentivized like um the stock like buybacks happening within like um certain companies like ceos were now being incentivized for um participating in this economic activity that like destroyed us so not only are they doing this activity that destroys us and only benefits them now they're being like um they're getting tax breaks for it Wow. So this is like an example where you see like a lack of regulation, which is right leaning, destroy America. And you also see regulations destroying America. Hmm. So it's not so much of a question of how much regulation. I really don't like it when people ask me that, like, well, if you're left leaning, how much um, regulation do you feel we should have? And that's not necessarily what I want. I just want to make sure the regulations are helping the right people. Right. Yeah. Oh, so I see and, what you're saying. No, oh, go ahead, Justin. OK. Uh, now, I am, uh, like I said earlier, I've I've never really been much of a political person. I've just always, you know, did stuff. So when I speak, it's probably going to be a lot more dumbed down and a lot less, you know, <laughs> like smart. But um, one thing that you kind of brought up when you were talking about that was, uh, you know, around like the, the 80s and 90s was very uh, based off of pe people seemed, you know, conservatives seemed to love it because it was uh, super, you know, uh, crime, you know, crime related, you know, based, you know, the, the war on drugs and all that stuff, you know, I know you didn't really say that, but it kind of brought me to that. And, uh, uh, one of my favorite movies of 2015, actually one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Tyler went, Tyler and I went and saw it when I visited him in Arizona it was uh, straight out of Compton. Um, mm -hmm. I love, you know, I love, you know, love old school, like NWA stuff. And so that movie was just awesome to me. And it really brought out, uh, the, uh, like how how it was like for for the rest of for most of America everyone was like we're doing great you know we're doing great financially <laughs> we're doing you know whatever and then you look at you know stuff like inner cities and and a lot of you know a lot of minorities and stuff like that and they're like what are you talking about like we're being killed in front of everybody and no one's doing anything about it and uh, like that that just kind of you know brought something up to me and like or that you know when you were talking about that kind of came to mind and so i just kind of wanted to bring that up <laughs> well yeah it's a oh, perfect, yeah, per perfect example of uh income inequality and things like that that are going on you know in today's world but um going back to you know what you were saying before about jobs and stuff like that going overseas uh because of actions on during the reagan administration isn't that kind of ironic how uh, most conservatives today are all about bringing jobs back to america i mean how do you see that coming full circle you know, that's actually something that I read about today, and it's something that I kind of like flip flop through in my mind. And um, I I am realizing that bringing jobs back isn't, first off, the right solution 
and um, it isn't possible, really. <laughs> Interesting. Um, why? Why is it not right? It's not right because we're competing with third world countries. That's not something that we should be doing. We shouldn't be competing for cheap labor. We should be competing and specializing. And the reason why we can't is because we charge so much for college. We can't really compete globally with other specialized economies if we don't offer tuition-free education, if we don't offer the same opportunities to everyone. So we're one of the few developed countries that is still competing with other third world countries, which is why we're like, you know, in terms of economics, we're like on the bottom tier of like any developed country in terms of like income inequality and whatever else. So in my opinion, that's like one of the main reasons why it's because we haven't, our economy hasn't adapted. We're so used to these um, factory jobs that we're paying a living wage and now nobody could live on the wages that they're making. Interesting. Interesting. Do you blame, do you blame uh, big business for that? Do you blame politics? Do you blame unions? Who do you blame for that? There are a lot of ways that you could put the blame forth. Um, I would like to mainly blame corporations because a lot of these laws wouldn't be put forth if it wasn't for their lobbying and it wasn't for their big money into politics. I mean, when it comes down to it, when you look at a lot of laws that are passed, you have to think, okay, what people pushed for this? Was there a movement for this? Was Were people dying to have these actions happen? And a lot of the times you'll find that the answer is no. It's, um, it's pandering to very, very few people. And, and we don't see it. That's interesting. So, so I work. So for, I really feel like corporations are at the core of it. Yeah, I work for a very, very large corporation. I actually work for the largest airline in the United States right now, and the airline industry is actually pretty hilariously close to politics. Like, if you look at yes, you know de- deregulation back in the you know seventies and when all that stuff started going down, that's when things started getting huge, right? So the government says, "Hey, look, we no longer want you that close with us. So what we're going to do is." you know, deregulate you guys, you guys could be on your own, you got to be, you know, politically free from us. And then all of a sudden, it's hilarious how close they got when they started becoming competitive, because you started realizing that unless they started consolidating and merging with each other, that uh, they weren't going to make any money. So all these airlines went belly up and the rest of them, you either had to get together or something. That's exactly what happened in my airline. We have exactly... Uh, maybe not exactly, more like approximately 12 different airlines that made up the airline that I currently work for. And a lot of uh, employees of these airlines that started way back in you know the 60s and 70s that are still working today uh, completely blame uh, big business and the corporation for all of their uh, financial woes. Now, something that kind of pushes me to be a little bit more, I guess you would say, conservative is... Um, some of these uh, unionized employees, I work for a union work group. I, I am a uh, member of a union. I pay union dues. And I kind of am involved with my union a little bit, um, just almost by force. Uh, not really by force, but out of obligation. Um, but what kind of bothers me is that these same people that are voting uh, primarily left you know, the ones that are hoping for income equality are the same people that are pushing 60, anywhere between 60 and $100,000 a year uh, for an unskilled entry-level non-college degree requiring um, entry-level customer service position, basically. And they're making anywhere between 60 and $100,000 a year, depending on how much they work. So these are the same people that are voting uh, for, uh, you know, liberal uh, left side of the aisle 
Uh, but they're the same ones that are crying that the company's not giving them enough money. And in my personal opinion, I kind of feel like that they make a livable wage because of the union, which is, I guess they want to keep that union in there. But I guess I kind of wanted to get your summing this all up. I kind of wanted to get your feelings on um, unionized employees in 2016. Are are unions relevant? Because there's another major airline out there that I do not work for that the same warp group that I work in doesn't have a union and they get paid the same amount of money, if not more. Yeah, uh, I think that's kind of like a rough correlation to make, like between like um, non-unionized and unionized uh, work group. I mean, there's a lot of like kind of like variables that play into that. And um, I guess I've always kind of been not exactly on the fence about unions. I heavily support unions, but I don't like how they're being implemented now because I feel that there are a lot of unions that would let the company fall through to where there's no jobs for anyone than to settle for a little bit less in wages. But there's also another side that you need to look at. You need to understand that um, a lot of people are actually making less than they did like quite a few years ago when you take um, uh, inflation into account. So you see our wages either stagnating or lowering while there are CEOs that have seen their pay grow over 300%. So that's something you have to take into consideration. Like, well, to you, like it may seem that um, these union workers are sort of like greedy or like, you know, they're undeserving or they feel entitled. You have to understand where they're coming from, especially the older ones. I mean, they saw an economy where, I mean, the middle class was thriving and where, you know, their wages were more than livable. I mean, they they were great. So um, when you have that taken away from you, just to see your, I mean, these CEOs obviously aren't making good decisions. I mean, their decisions don't really correlate with their pay. You you see a lot of the time when CEOs make their decisions, it destroys the company and it helps them. You'll see a lot of them like um, jumping, you know, from company to company or whatever. So I think that's sort of like where they're coming from. And while I may not agree with their strategies behind it or um, how some of these unions function, I also could kind of empathize with their frustrations. Sure. Well, uh that, no, go ahead, Justin. Uh, one thing that you uh, said, Omar, that was uh, something that kind of made me uh, chuckle a bit, and it, it reminded me of something I saw on Facebook today that you had posted was like, and this isn't a, uh, this is not a slight at you know Tyler at all or anything, but a lot of conservatives, their uh, their argument is um, like, oh. I've been working so hard and now these people just come in and take everything from us. Like, you know, Bernie Sanders wants to do this and do that or whatever. And, <laughs> and so what was that comic you shared or whatever, where it was like some, or someone like some conservative page, like shared it and said, uh, you know, it was like, you know, Bernie Sanders teaching math class and, uh, uh, you know, this kid got an A and this other kid got an F and then this kid was pissed. Cause it, and then he gave him like part of his grades and you were just like, what a, a, bullshit argument because that seems like it's it's not actually going deep in anything it's just saying the 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 same thing that conservatives have been saying forever and ever it's like just you know just just shut up about it and actually figure it or figure things out before you speak right i agree completely and you know what i what i see a lot or at least with kids our age and this is goes for both left and right people you see a lot of people like sort of basing their uh, political ideologies off of like memes right they're like look at <laughs> thing it's like oh yeah. that was clever you know that oh, this, I believe this that. corrects everything yeah right. but That's um funny. i guess the, the the thing that really got me going about that was that a lot of people seem to think that if you work harder that you'll see these benefits in the same manner that somebody else would. I've been working hard my whole life and I'm still barely making it. Okay. Know? Okay. But just to, just to counter that a little bit. All right. So in my industry, 
you don't need a college degree to go all the way up to, you know, some of these corporate levels. I mean, obviously you probably want an MBA before you become a CEO, but I'm talking like to get up in the corporate world, there's, there's some people that have started from dumping labs on the ramp, made their way through the company. And now they're, they're making the big bucks up at corporate. So I, I guess my point is, is like, they worked hard and they saw the, the benefit of some of this. Why can't some of these people who feel like they don't make enough money, uh, you know, in particular the work group that I work in, um, some of these people feel like they don't make enough money. Why, why can't they just work harder and make more money? Well, can I, can I say something? I, I, I honestly feel like, and this is just from my observations, I could be 100% wrong, but I feel like a lot of the industry is one very, very racist, very sexist, very, you know, very prejudiced against certain people. And so when I see that these people, you know, cause you see certain people like, okay, it, going towards, uh, you know, I, I mean, we don't have to get into this, you know, I, I kind of want to a little bit, but we can do that later going into like race and stuff. There definitely is a white privilege and, and there definitely is uh privilege of uh riches and uh, You're saying stuff that, like that, that that big businesses like airlines are racist uh, not necessarily but like All they could be you know uh, no no not i'm Every just saying like person the, in them. <laughs> i'm saying i'm saying that i'm saying that a lot of the uh the uh bigger guys up there like the the ceos and stuff sure. uh, you know on even if they're not doing it consciously like you know there, there's all these uh, uh, tests that are run. You know, I learned about it a lot in like sociology and psychology and stuff like that. Where like, you know, you, you're looking through job applications and like, you know, let's just take Omar for example. Like, you know, you see a, someone named Omar and then you take someone named Tyler. They're probably going to hire Tyler <laughs> based enough. off the name alone. Fair enough. But is that a, is that the reason why these people can't just work harder and 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 get up to the top? Well, these people, that doesn't mean that they're not working harder. I believe that there are a lot of people that are working sure. harder, but they're just not, yeah. you know, they're not Fair succeeding. Fair enough. I guess my, my point to it is, is um, I don't know. I feel like the the unionized work groups, I, I guess my, my experience is specifically with airlines, so I'm going to keep referring to it, is that these unionized employees uh, are acting like they don't make any money at all. And yeah, you were going back to, you know, thinking about back in the nineties when these people were making the same amount of money that they're making today and with inflation and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, Omar, how do you feel if you were to make, you know, land a job without a college education that could make you on average $70,000 a year, would you be happy or would you want more? Uh, I would be very happy with it, but you know, it's all relative. I mean, you can't just look at things like just one certain way, like, yeah, 70 grand sounds great, but what's the context? You know, like who's winning, who's losing, and who's taking more than they should. Sure. Uh, I, I think that things even, need to be taken into account. Even with somebody taking more than they should, um, I mean, $70,000 is not enough? I mean, just to play devil's advocate here. Uh, I mean, I can't really say I without a context. Sure. Okay. I mean, you understand? Like, yeah, I mean, no, for no. me, it's enough because I'll, I'll take whatever. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, but, fair uh, enough, fair enough. So uh, I guess my point is, is you know, uh, just to give you a little background on this, just to help you out with this. You know, these, this work group, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, flight attendants that I work in, um, you know, they started back in the 90s pre-9-11, right, when the industry was at its peak, okay, right. pre-9-11, and they're making probably a little bit more than they were making today. A lot of them at the top, I'm not even kidding you, were making $100,000 back in the 90s. So if you look at today with inflation, that's just ridiculous, right? So the industry yeah, yeah. says, the industry says, okay, we got to scale back on that. 9-11 hits, boom, a lot of them get furloughed. A lot of them get laid off. Some other stuff happens. Post 9-11, they come back. 2003 hits. And in my specific airline in 2003, 
there was a CEO who said, hey, look, the company's going to go bankrupt because of 9-11 if you don't take this massive pay cut, right? So they took this massive pay cut, right? And then he takes part of that money and he puts it in his pocket and he gives executive bonuses. That's wrong. Exactly. Obviously, that's yes. wrong. But they go along. Airline industry's back a little bit now. We're fast forward to 2015 after a couple chapter 13, chapter 11 bankruptcies. They do some restructuring, get rid of all their debt assets. They come back through and now they've got all this cash. They consolidate. They do a couple mergers just like the airline next door to us. Boom. They got all this money now. We just got like a seven point raise or 7% raise with another 4% raise. Now we're back to normal. We're all making 75,000 plus. Well, not all of us. I mean, it takes a little bit of time. You got to have seniority and stuff like that. But the average flight attendant makes $75,000 a year, right? And, you know, people are going to yeah. fact check me on that. It's probably a little bit less than that. But like I said, anywhere between 60 and 100,000. And apparently it's still not enough because they want to go back and count for the inflation. I just don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, is that a conservative thing for me to say? No, I don't think it's necessarily a conservative or left leaning thing. I think it's just um, anecdotal you know, an anecdotal piece of evidence. And I think that it shouldn't be taken further than that. Um, I could see your frustration. And the example that you gave is a, you know, you need to focus on what happened when things went south. People were willing to take a cut. People were flexible and they understood the totality of the situation. But the CEO did not. I'm convinced that whatever the CEO took and whatever people, what kind of bonuses people took, were a much larger amount than you would be paying these um, these flight attendants or whoever else. I mean, when you think about it, that is a very, very small fraction compared to what they were probably taking home. And we're talking like millions more than likely. Absolutely. So in my opinion, it's, I mean, to pay off flight attendants, like maybe like 10 or 20 grand more a year, I mean, even added up or whatever, I, I don't think that could amount to the damage that these higher ups did. So I, I guess that's sort of my gripe about it. You know, like, and you're very good with that, obviously. I mean, you see the flaws in both. Yeah. But like what a lot of people are only willing to do, they're only willing to look at the worker and say, this person is greedy. This person wants to take 10 grand more home while CEOs are taking however the fuck much. And they completely ignore like the other side of the situation, what really drove the company into the ground. Sure. And to tie it all in, I, I guess my question is, is, is that a direct uh, cause and effect from politics? Uh, yes, most definitely. Um, in the past, you didn't see these practices happening as often. And maybe that's a change in industry. Maybe that's a change in technology. Maybe it's a change in ethics. I mean, I feel like a lot could play into it, but I do feel that politics definitely plays a role. And would that be Democratic politics or Republican politics? I or feel both? that both. Yeah, both, <laughs> exactly. most definitely. It, it's both. And I feel like truly left-leaning and truly right-leaning views in themselves don't correlate with these kinds of crashes or these kinds of like um, mispractice. I do feel that right ideologies sort of allow for this to happen more, which is why I, I personally lean left. But in the kind of politics that we see today, and I guess that's why I don't like referring to it as left and right. I like to say Republican to Democrat because I don't identify with Democrats and right. most Republicans don't identify with Republicans. <laughs> they're, they're not really <laughs> fucking Donald Trump. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's insane what people will do looking for um, the populist kind of candidate, which people seem to view Trump as, which he's not. Um, I mean, if I had a vote for a conservative, it would be Rand Paul. I right. mean, I, I completely disagree with this ideology. I mean, the idea of libertarianism, it's 
I disagree with it on every level. But do you his, think? Do you think uh, libertarianism is is more of like a? It's almost like a cop out. No, I don't think it's a cop out. I I think that it's um, vastly different from what you see in a lot of the GOP today. Um, one scene that I really liked from the debate was when all these Republicans were talking about let's bomb the shit out of this country and we're going to go to war with this country and if they step on our toes we're going to fuck them in the ass and all this crazy <laughs> talk. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I really heavily disagreed with that and watching through that whole thing was just really frustrating but then you hear Rad Paul, he's saying like okay, um, you guys realize you're starting World War III, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. You realize what that would cost. And my favorite question that he asked is, how could you consider yourself conservative if you want to spend more on war? Right. How could you consider yourself conservative when we spend more than the next 10 countries combined on military spending? Well, it's it's like that, uh, that uh, Family Guy episode where uh, Lois and Peter are uh, – they're, they're running against each other for like school or like for like, I don't know, uh, mayor or something. I don't remember what it was. Some, you know, local political thing. And Lois just kept saying 9-11 over and over and ta- talked about war and everyone clapped and cheered and was like, yeah, let's go kill them. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> and like that's that's what I, I, I legitimately feel like it is when you watch these like Republican debates is they're just talking, you know, 9-11, 9-11. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's not truly like right-leaning views because if it was actually right. right-leaning views, we should be like, all right, you know, we should be careful about where we go to war because we don't want to spend too much money on it. You know, you want right. to be financially conservative, but you've right. never seen that actually happen. Right. Which is why I respect Rand Paul. I mean, also his um, position on like uh, policing, on the war on drugs, on uh, marijuana legalization, um, all that stuff he's very relaxed on because he understands like the economics of it, you know? Right. Uh, the war on drugs has cost us a, a shit ton of money. And for what? It's so we could have cheap labor for corporations. I mean, right. the limitation of prisons. Is, it, it's, it's legal slavery. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's the new Jim Crow. And so that's what I'm saying that, you know, a lot of these views aren't actually conservative. So that's why I always try and like, well, are we talking Republican or Democrat? Are we talking about like right or left? Like, are we talking about? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Because like a lot of it is so misconstrued now and it's very hard to like to stick with that. I I mean, even I slip up all the time. Something that you brought up in the beginning of this, you know, interview was, um, you know, most people are voting on hot button issues and nobody cares about the other shit. You know right. what I mean? Everybody was voting on abortion, gay rights, stuff, drunk, gun control, you know, civil rights, stuff like that. Nobody is taking a look at stuff that's actually going to affect your day to day life. Well, not that, that brings well, I, up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that either. I mean, don't get me wrong. These are important issues, but they're easy to discuss and it distracts from like things that like, like you said, are, are, I wouldn't say they're more monumental, but they're a big piece of the of the puzzle that we still aren't talking about. Well, yeah, about. fair enough. Well, I guess that's, that's I, what I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask for Omar is like, you know, you, you kind of just hit the nail on the head was, do you believe that these uh, broader subjects and like the media and I, I do, you know, it, it's just all a distraction. It's complete like, you know, it's it's taking away from what's really going on. And, you know, I don't know if that, you know, is that do you think that that's something that's controlled that the that the bigger, you know bigger issues are like the, you know, the bigger politicians are using the media and using stuff like racism and like gay rights and abortion to distract people from what's really going on. I don't think it's exactly that they're trying to distract people from what's going on, but it's easy support. Right. And that's not strictly their fault because we've been dumbed down enough to we're only going to bite when we hear somebody blowing off the top of their head whatever is on their mind you know like i mean we're the ones that are responding to these dumbed down arguments and these really really big lies 
So I, I think that, and that's not strictly the public's fault. I feel like um, in America, we almost have like this culture of, of stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't mean to say that in an arrogant way, like I'm above it or anything, but like, I really feel that a lot of people here are, are prideful of, of brute force, you know, and, right. and like without like actually thinking about the issue, like if you take an issue strongly and you're not open to anything else, like that makes you more of a person. Right. Sure. Well, that, that's, that's, you know, like. I, I'm going to be the first to admit that a lot of the stuff that you guys were talking about earlier with economics, I was kind of lost because I was like, I don't know. You know, I wasn't taught this stuff. You know, I was just taught to, you know, whatever Jesus wants, you know, type of thing. And yeah, like, this, you know, like, yeah, this podcast is, is really I mean, it's a generational um, millennials going through life as young adults type of thing. Do you think that our generation uh, caused this or do you think the people before us? I definitely think it's the people before us. I think that um, if there's a generation that's more open-minded than anything that I could possibly recognize, um, I think that our generation is going to be the change. And I, I think that that's working slowly. I don't think it's something that's happening as of now. Sure. But I mean, if you look at like a lot of like the baby boomer generation, they're kind of stuck on a lot of like these um, these uh, slogans, you know, like, like you were mentioning earlier, you know, it's just sort of like these things that they keep repeating without actually thinking about like what those repeated things mean. Okay. But one question I have is uh, you as a liberal, like, why are you trying to uh, kill my Jesus and take my guns? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that I, I think that sort of like plays into like a uh, fear mongering, you know, I mean, I, I, I really wish that I'm, you know, I'm very respectful of all religions, you know, like I, I don't think that um, Christians should be left in the dust for their beliefs, you know, but I also believe in <laughs> separation of uh, church and state. Right. I mean, I, I think just because somebody practices something doesn't mean other people should have to abide by it. Right. So when you have like these strictly like religious arguments or like strictly like emotional arguments, it's just sort of upsetting regardless of like the religion or person or party involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing is like. You know, like I said earlier, Tyler and I, we're both Christians. I still am. I, I, I actually feel like since I've changed my political views, I've actually become more Christian than anything because you look at the Bible and not, you know, Jesus does not say, you know, vote Republican or vote Democrat or so, you know, Jesus doesn't say like, oh, make sure you hate on those gay people or, you know, don't like, you know, make sure you hate Muslims and stuff like that. You know, he was he was just like he boiled everything down like the Bible is very big and very boring at times. I'm going to be the first to admit it. I'm not the first, but I'm going to be one of the first Christians to admit it. Like the Bible can be boring, but Jesus boils it down and he goes like. Just just love your God and love your neighbor. That's all you got to do. And people do not get that. And yet we have these uh, right-wing Christians running around going like, they're going to take our guns. <laughs> like, you know, Jesus just wanted you to have like a giant, you know, army supply right. of guns. Like, right. Jesus, didn't, was, say, didn't, Jesus didn't say love your neighbor unless they were Muslim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First. Yeah. First, <laughs> that was uh, definitely not in the scripture. Just like Trump said, uh, to, to Reagan, verse one. <laughs> Chapter twelve says two uh, two two Corinthians right two Corinthians uh, AR <laughs> AR fifteens must be held close to thine heart at all times. Anyways, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to get into uh, we got about uh, another you know ten minutes here uh, uh, left with you of uh, decent time before people turn off this podcast. But uh, real quickly, just wanted to go down and do a couple of these hot button issues that we could dance around, and I just wanted to get your opinion on a couple of these. Okay. All right, so uh, okay, let's yeah. start with uh, abortion. How do you feel? Okay. 
Um, I think that's obviously the choice of the individual. I'm definitely pro-choice, but um, like in a morality sense, I mean, it doesn't really matter what I think since I'm a guy, you know, I mean, I don't have to deal with abortion, (laughs) but um, I'm on the fence. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about it. I guess I'd have to be in the situation itself, but I'm definitely pro-choice. I I don't think, I mean, there would be women dying because of, you know, a ban on abortion. Right. More lives would be lost. I mean, how is that pro-life? So um, I I guess sort of that's how I view it. And I also see like where if somebody legitimately feels that like abortion is murder, where they'd be heavily against it. But uh, I just, you know, I, I, I'm strictly pro. Well, I feel like, I I feel like that's one thing. I mean, I, I'm still more on the pro-life side just because of everything, but I, I, I've been leaning a little bit more pro-choice with that kind of stuff. And, but I, I feel like that's something that like, you know, 20, you know, I don't know about 20 years from now, like maybe even a hundred years, let's say a hundred years from now, we'll have some sort of solution where abortion won't be needed and we'll yeah. get to be like, we'll get to yeah. like sigh of relief. Like, okay, thank God we don't have to go through that again. Because I don't think anybody, even if you are pro-choice or whatever, I don't think anybody like wants to have an abortion, you know? Right. And that's exactly where I am on it. I, no, totally... I mean, even like the, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> you there? Go. Omar. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I, I <laughs> somebody's cutting out. It's either me or you guys. <laughs> no, it's all good. Go go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was just saying that like even the people that I know that are like the most like gun ho about abortion like have kids. Like right. they're like, yeah, like I'm really like supportive of pro choice, but you know, I, I wouldn't do it myself. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I, I just I like to see that just because I mean, there's people that could land in the middle. Like, yeah, I I don't agree with it, and but you know, you see the consequences of the latter. Sure. Right. So I say, and, and, yeah, and I'm kind of like that too. Like I I'm completely pro life, but. I also, and I don't like saying pro-life because that makes me make it act like I think all people who are pro-choice are murderers. And I really don't believe that. I believe that they're just trying to uphold the rights of the individual. And that makes sense. But I'm completely, uh, you know, pro-life. But like Justin was saying, I, I am hopeful that one day there'll be technology and science where we don't need abortions anymore. And we can, you know, somehow, some way safely stop terrible things like you know uh you know rape and incest and all those type of hot button topics that go along with abortion uh from happening so yeah yeah i agree completely and i think it's great that you guys view it that way because a lot of christians disagree with you know preventative methods too so or i'm sorry uh, catholics rather but um, (laughs) so i i think that's great that you guys are are you know looking forward and sort of having like a an alternative view to what I've been exposed to. And I'm sorry for saying that. I'm sure it's frustrating being compared to like, um, some of like the loudest voices sometimes. Oh, well, it's absolutely here's the thing. I you can't even say that you're a Republican anymore, especially in 2016 without somebody being like, right. Oh my God, you're voting for Trump. Right. Exactly. Like I, I, yeah. I, uh, for a little bit, I'm, I'm staying with my dad right now, but, uh, for pretty much this whole past year, I was living with very, very conservative people. Um, and it was definitely frustrating. I, you know, I still work with one of them and, uh, definitely had to bite my tongue a lot. Like even today, uh, you know, and I'm good friends with this guy. I'm, you know, I'm obviously not going to say who he is. I know for a fact he doesn't listen. And if he does, I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> he, he came up to me at work and he was just showing, once again, showing me this meme he found on Facebook under, uh, the comical conservatives Facebook page or something like that. Oh no. Yeah. And it was just like, 
and he it, it was just something about like how he's like man he's like bernie sanders is such an idiot and stuff like that and he's like super you know he's a christian and he's he's a good guy like don't get me wrong but just he's so ignorant and closed-minded that he was showing me this stuff and i just was like i have to walk away because this is going to get heated not on my part like i'm not a you know i can get passionate when i want to but i just know if i even say anything like sort of left-leaning he will just like chew me out like and so but yeah, I lived with these people and like they, you know, I went to church with them and I shared fellowship with them sure. and I still consider them, I still consider them like my brothers and sisters and stuff like that. Like I don't, I don't have any like bad blood towards them or anything, but the fact that like, I felt like I couldn't even be myself. I couldn't talk about anything without them just tearing me apart. And if like, if that's what a Christian is supposed to be, then well, you know, I don't want to be that, but I know that's not what a Christian is supposed to be. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. So moving right along, we're going to move on to the next topic here. Um, okay. Uh, immigration. Are you going to build the wall, Omar? Are you going to help build the wall? <laughs> the whole building a wall bullshit <laughs> is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. And the fact that he thinks he's going to make the Mexican government pay for it. Like they have the money. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It's not even, and, it's not and, even getting you know, them the to pay for of, it. It's like, they don't even have the money to do it. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, like, I feel like people um, definitely look at this issue incorrectly. They they often, like, and I feel like this kind of plays into a whole racism thing, you know? Like, it's easier to blame, like, the brown immigrant than it is to blame, like, corporations or right. whoever else. Now. Like, I mean, they wouldn't be coming over here if there weren't jobs, you know? Like, what, they're just coming here for fun? Like, they're not. Right. And, and what a lot of people argue is that, like, oh, well, you know, they don't pay taxes and they're leeching off the government. Like, har that's hardly ever true. Like, if you look at the statistics of it, a lot of them go into an ITIN number, and that's basically where right. they pay taxes without getting the benefits of it. So if anything, they're actually just paying us to be here without the benefits. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's the thing is like if, if uh, you know, if America is supposed to be so great and if America is supposed to be this, why aren't we like – excited that these people want to come over here and be like okay we'll help you out we'll do you know we'll do whatever we can i, I don't understand why we're trying to keep so many people out yeah i guess that right. kind and of ties so in hard with to get in refugees too you know right oh yeah most definitely and that's like another hop on an issue and that's something that um i have this german woman in my class and she talks about how they're letting in like a lot of immigrants like hundreds of thousands millions and they're facing their own issues with it but they're handling handling it just fine even right. as a smaller country and um, I, I just think that people need to be more open. Like she's very open about like the issues that it brings up. But she also says this is life or death for them. This is lives we're talking about. We're not talking about a small inconvenience or a yeah. change in culture. We're yeah. talking about thousands of lives. Right. True. So that, that's I, something I that people if, need to remember. Yeah, I believe if you really are a – and I guess I can't judge. So I can't really – it's hard for me to say it this way, but it's the only way I know how to say it. But if you really are who you claim to be as a Christian person, you know, just coming from me and Justin's, you know, uh, or Justin and I's Christian background is like if you really claim to follow Jesus, because Christian literally translates to Christ-like, right? Um, Jesus was open and accepting to everyone, no matter what. So the whole Syrian refugee thing, it's like, look, okay, we bring these people in um, and help them out like we should. Like, I believe we have an obligation to as a country. Or, uh, you know, and the only reason why a lot of them are not wanting to do it is because they believe, you know, some of them are going to be terrorists and they're going to blow up our country or whatever. But it's kind of like that's complete. That's fear mongering. The, that's fear mongering. Not only, but also yeah. it's the same thing, like the whole Muslim thing. Like, are you kidding me? If Trump told me we're going to ban all Christians, like I would be outraged. 
outraged. We're going to ban all Christians. And I know it's Muslims, <laughs> but it's just like, are you kidding me? Well, or, my here, my theory, and I've heard this, you know, from a couple other people is the fact that like, I believe a lot of Christians are going to vote Republican before they'll even vote Christian. And it's happened a thousand times before. <laughs> Look at this last election. Obama is a Christian, like whether you agree with him or not, he is a Christian. And Mitt Romney is, was a Mormon. And people and like and the Christians voted for Mitt Romney because they're like, well, red, right leaning. I'd rather vote for him than, you know, some Democrat. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of that, like people just not really voting in their best interest. And sort of like I feel like uh, some people and, you know, this maybe is out of line for me to say as a non-religious person, but I feel like a lot of people use religion as a tool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like they just sort of like, oh, well, my view says this. So I my Jesus says this, you know, they don't actually go by scripture. (laughs) Right. It's true. It's true. There's so much. uh use of the bible against you know things and i feel like the bible is more for things than it is against things but according right. to others it's not and i know we're not really trying to get into get into all that but oh, I, I could just... i could go on for hours on this <laughs> and i'm not going to oh yeah for sure <laughs> but it's just silly uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add omar in regards to uh you know well uh, can i can i throw yeah, in a go question ahead. there go ahead. uh like okay so our our basic uh our pod. Oh yeah. Like one, uh, I'll, I'll skip over what I was, was going to say. This is, seems a bit more important. Uh, I wanted to get more into you as a person just right before we close up and everything. Uh, you, you got into, uh, uh, activism. You, you did the, you did the protest for Mike Brown and you were actually on the news because of it. And, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. And like what, you know, the protests you feel like you, you're going to set up more in, in the future or what's going on with that. That. I would have to say was probably one of like the scariest things that I'd ever done in my life, just because um, I didn't realize um how much polarization there was in um that kind of like politics, especially in um terms of race. Oh yeah. Um, I was head I was handing out flyers downtown, and I was just like talking with people about it, and I had people like driving by and like throwing trash at me. I had people yelling at me. I wow. had people like doubling up the flyer, throwing it at me. I mean, I had like very Where very vicious at? responses. It, uh, this is in Kenosha. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not kidding when I say that people really did not like the idea of, I mean, just even talking about it. So um, that, and on top of that, like, um, well, it, because it, of what they did, because of all the trash throwing, now you're completely conservative, right? Because of what they did. Oh yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. so they got their so their point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah um. And I, to get more personal about it, I guess I deal with like a lot of anxiety issues and I'm really just kind of bad with people sometimes. So right. um, like organizing and sort of having people look at me like, well, what do we do? It was like the most surreal thing because I don't really view myself in like that kind of position. So like when I was done with that protest, people were asking like, well, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know. Like I, I signed up for this responsibility. <laughs> and it was like so overwhelming, but it was also a, a really good feeling. So I started directing people towards the protests that were already happening in um, Milwaukee. So, um, you know, I plan to do more somewhere along the line because I feel like Kenosha specifically needs people that are more politically active. Um, I met a lot of um, old time activists from like the 70s and 80s that were at the one that I had, um, you know, organized. Wow. They were telling me that they hadn't seen something like that since they were my age. And that's insane to me because, I mean, you think about it, there's so many things that have happened, especially within Kenosha with Michael Bell. Um, do you guys know anything about that? No, I don't. 
uh, Michael Bell, um, he was a white kid and he was like about like, um, I think he was 21, 22, something like that. He was on his way back from like the bar and he was hardly like intoxicated, like very, very little. And while he shouldn't be driving and drinking, um, he was like shot like directly in the head in front of his mother. Oh my God. And it's because one cop screamed, um, he has my gun. He has my gun. What they found later is that there was no DNA found on the gun of oh his, like any kind of fingerprint or anything like that. And his holster actually, it, it caught onto the side mirror of the car. And oh they were bending him over and like, and the gun was pressed so hard against his head that it didn't, it didn't shoot the first time. Because like apparently that's just like with guns, like just something about the physics, it didn't take off. So like the guy pulled back a little bit and then took pulled the trigger again. Like he had no oh regrets whatsoever. Um, the guy that shouted out, um, he has my gun, ended up killing himself. Oh my um, gosh. Because just couldn't live with it. And um Michael Bell's father, which is also named Michael Bell, um, he put for pushed forth for new legislation that calls for um private investigations of police murders. So we're the only state in the country that has, and it's all because Michael Bell won a civil court case and put a lot of money towards getting it through, um, through our government. So, do, so you think, um, that, do you think that'll work in Manitowoc County? <laughs> you know, I hear a lot of people talking about that. I still need to watch that. Um, I still need to watch. That. I started it. I couldn't get into it. You got to, man. Yeah, it's so people are really up. on and off about it. Completely but, off topic. Um, but... but here's the thing, though. I saw this other post where it was like. Okay, one, I was first going to say I I have I have a really hard time right now with police officers. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not against police. I'm not at all. Like I think that, you know, the the idea of police officers and what they used to be, well, you know, considering what you're looking at is something that we need, but I'm just like I've been having such a problem with like looking, you know, with like the racial profiling, just shooting people on site and you know, everyone's making the excuse of saying like, "Oh, they're under stress, they're under stress." It's like, "Well, they if they stop shooting people, they'll stop being under stress. You know, you know, that's a whole nother thing I get into. Also, a lot of people are talking about this making a murderer thing, and I, I want to get into it. I started to watch it. I was also very tired, so I didn't get into it. But it seems like stuff like this happens all the time. There's police corruption all the time and justice corruption all the time, and no one seemed to care until it was some white guy on Netflix. Yes, yes, that true. I was literally That's I true. wanted to bring that up too. I saw this girl <laughs> that was like, I mean, just totally numb, like has like no political standing whatsoever. And then I see her like post like a status today that's like, Oh my god, there's so much corruption and I'm like, Yes, finally, like that's all it took, like a Netflix right. documentary about some white guy, like right. you need, like a million of these. Like <laughs> this happens all the time. <laughs> like how many documentaries uh, uh, do we need for like black people to get them to actually understand that there's an issue, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it was just, it was so mind boggling to me. Like the answer was there the whole time. You just <laughs> need this really popular series on Netflix. <laughs> too funny. So is there anything that you wanted to do, uh, Omar, in, in closing here? Anything else that you wanted to say in regards to this? I know we didn't get too much time. We could probably talk for five hours on all of this stuff, but uh, I just wanted to hear your thoughts, your personal thoughts, maybe some last closing arguments or anything like that in regards to uh, politics and, and how our generation should see them. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. That's like a really big thing to ask. And for me, like, no, I I'm sorry, man. Over no no pressure. No pressure. Just, I just wanted to get your, you know, this, this whole podcast is about our generation going through this crazy world of two, you know, 
of, of uh, young adulthood. And, and, and of course, this episode is about politics. And I just wanted to get your take on it. I guess, I mean, not to sound like cliche or anything, but I, I guess like if I had to ask people to do something or if like I wanted my generation to do something different, sure. I would ask them to just like um, think about everything that they accept in everyday life, you know, like the, just the normal stuff and then question it. Um, I just I if there's anything that I want people to take out of any of this, it's to just literally question everything, question why there's mainly white old guys that are CEOs, question why there's mainly black people in prison, question why the prison system has gotten so big, question why economics has taken the turn that it has, question why there's not jobs, question why we're the only developed country that doesn't offer um, universal health care. I mean, question these things. I mean, look at other places, open your mind. And, you know, when people talk to you about it, a lot of the time that they're they're not trying to argue with you. They're just trying to hear you out. I mean, that's exactly what you guys are doing. That's what we're doing with each other. Um, we're looking at different perspectives. Um, if I if somebody wanted to get into politics and just sort of like, um, you know, just a really good intro, I would suggest looking into um, Michael Parenti's lectures. Michael Parenti is something else. And, um, I could listen to his lectures all day. They're very intriguing. And, um, if you just want to sort of open your mind into like this sort of like deeper politics, um, I would suggest looking into that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. It was such a pleasure having you on here and hearing your story and your side of things, because, you know, that's what, like we said before, this whole thing is, is attempting to do. We're just attempting to get other people's perspectives on life in general. And uh, politics is, believe it or not, whether people want to hear it or not is a big part of our lives especially in our generation because we're going to be the future and we want to make sure that uh, it's a good safe place so thanks man no i want to thank you guys i mean honestly what you're doing is amazing and um a lot of people don't feel they have a voice and i feel like this kind of thing will will help people feel that they do because oh, they, thanks they, so they much. do yeah thank you i mean definitely uh you know share this around when it comes out if it's up to your standards <laughs> but uh you know, this is something we, we kind of just started and, uh, you know, it's super cool to talk to. I feel like this has been, I mean, I, I, I've liked all of our interviews that we've done. I've not really had a, you know, a favorite or anything like that, but this is definitely up there for one of my favorites. Um, just, you know, learn, I love learning about things that I don't know much about. And, uh, but it's something that it's been on my mind so much lately, especially coming out of, uh, a very conservative household, just kind of like being able to relax and talk about this stuff, you know, rather than just typing it out to some, you know, friends that live out of state or something. But, uh, uh, I don't know if you go to, uh, any shows anymore. I don't, uh, you know, I've, I've tried, but I went to one earlier and I, you know, didn't even stay the whole time, but if I see you around, it'll be super cool to talk to you about this type of stuff some more. Yeah, for sure, man. If you ever have like any questions about anything, just feel free to um, shoot me a message. I mean, anyone really that might be listening to this, just feel free to talk to me about things. I'm always looking to do so. Yeah, cool. We'll put some uh, some links to uh, social media if you're okay with that of your social media and our uh, notes of the show notes and stuff. Yeah, I'd be more than okay with that. Cool. And um, uh, real quickly before you go, if you're interested, we're gonna play a really really quick game. I've got it all set <laughs> up here. Are you, are you down for that? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, cool. So to end this out here, we're going to play a really quick game that uh, I just came up with, and it's called Trump Quote or Drunk Guy. But Mr. Trump, you're not a nice person. We don't need nice. That's true. But actually, I am. I think I am a nice person. We have losers. We have losers. I would build a great wall, and nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. All righty, so you have to decide whether or not this is a quote from a drunk guy at the bar 
or a quote from Donald Trump. Already? All right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to ask uh, each one of you individual, uh, individually, if this is the quote. So very first one. This one's for you, uh, Omar. Hold on a second. Okay. The beauty of me is that I'm very, very rich. Is that a Donald Trump quote or is that uh, some drunk guy at a bar? I'm going to say a drunk guy. That seems even beyond him. <laughs> okay, Justin. I'm going to go with Trump. All righty. And uh, the winner is Justin. That was a Donald Trump quote. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. That quote was, the beauty of me is that I'm very, very rich. All righty. Uh, let's see here. Next one. The point is, you can never be too greedy. Greedy is good. Greedy, greedy, greedy. That's me. I don't care. Donald Trump or drunk guy? Oh, man. That sounds a lot like Donald Trump. <laughs> All right. And Justin? It sounds like Trump, but because of the extra greedy, 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 it sounds like some drunk guy slurring, so I'm going to say drunk guy. Donald Trump again. Bingo. Oh, man. That is, I didn't want that to be right. <laughs> All righty. This one should be, a, uh, should be an easy one here for you guys. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing at some of these quotes that I'm finding. This is an actual... Uh, uh, a game on on the internet that I found, and I'll link I'll link it in here so you guys can all play along at home. Um, okay, our great African American president hasn't exactly had a positive impact on thugs who are so happily and openly openly destroying Baltimore. He's terrible, terrible, terrible. Donald Trump or drunk guy? I'm gonna say most definitely Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Justin. I'm going to say the people at our family's church. <laughs> Whoa! <Yeah. laughs> no. Shots Low. fired. Uh, I, I'll just go with Trump, too. Uh, definitely Trump again. All right, last one here, guys. One of the key problems today is that politics is such a disgrace. Good people do not go into government. I'm a great person. You should allow me into government. Drunk guy or Donald Trump? I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say drunk guy. Yeah, drunk guy. <laughs> Wrong. These are all Donald Trump quotes. You can get these drunk uh, quotes. We'll put the link in. The, oh, my uh, God. There's a whole bunch of other ones. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. That was the whole point of the game, that every single one of these is a Donald Trump quote. Uh, some honorable mentions are, if I were running The View, I would fire Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, look at her <laughs> right in that fat, ugly, oversized, round egg face of hers. I'd say, Rosie, you're fired. Here's oh my God! All right. of the all of the women on the Apprentice flirted with me, consciously or unconsciously. I made them. That's to be expected. <laughs> uh, here's oh. a here's a great short and sweet one. You're disgusting. Um, here's some other <laughs> ones here. I I happen I have so many fabulous friends who happen to be gay. That's right. I used the word fabulous. That means I support them. But I am a traditionalist. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god uh, anyways there's uh, so many more of these you can check them out once again thanks for tuning into the two dudes in a pod podcast we're so happy to have you on board omar and uh talking to us today and uh anything else no no that's it for me thank you guys all right everybody go to uh christianpig.com slash podcasts slash two dudes that is the number two to check out this episode among many more and then just go to christianpig.com to check out their whole ordeal so 
Don't forget to rate, subscribe, comment, and like us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, Omar. Thanks for tuning in, everybody else. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. Thank you. See ya.